Episode 79. The finale of season 12. We're still in this fucking arc. Revent. Uh, it's not the end of this arc, actually. The next episode's the end of this arc. Because Are you initially, the next episode was meant to be the season finale for this one, but it wasn't ready in time and also but they the, just the left. shuffling around of other episodes. But they just uh, left. Yes, but the arc, it's a continual arc where it's like every story leads no, into the next one. No, it ends after the next no, one. No, no, no. The arc. Nerva. Oh, the arc. I thought you meant the arc is in the story arc. No. <laughs> We're uh, finally there are other stories set on the arc in like audio form. And I I think a book. They're mm -hmm. pretty interesting. Um uh I love the concept of <clears throat> Nerva Beacon and the concept of uh a be I mean we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I love the idea of like a, a single place that they come back to repeatedly and it's changed over the years into something different. They do it with a few different uh uh places with episodes, but very rarely. Like this is the most direct one they'll ever do. Uh, mm. anyway. Uh, Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, Cybermen, sorry. Not man, they're men. More than um, one. We haven't seen the Cybermen, dear, in like fucking six years or so. Listen. Like, last time we saw them was the invasion. They're in color now. Uh -huh. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. What's... They're black and gray and shit, so. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm gonna talk about that. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's the episode about though? Uh, well, we come back to everybody spinning in space, and they land on Nerva again. At the TARDIS hasn't arrived yet, and it needs to turn up. Also, a door opened, and there's a dead body, so something's up. The entire ship is actually full of dead bodies. However, there's some stuff coming in, and one person is still alive. And, like, Pluto is calling in, like, sorry, we have the plague, go away. And they're like, okay. And then they go, hey, uh, this has been, we're thousands of years young here. Uh, there's, we, we're early, basically. Also, there's a metal slug. Uh, someone with a weird voice is calling into the beacon, but has a weird face and then is gets it shot. It is. I'm ugly. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, a nearby it's a weird voice, not ugly. And you, we said it as you were yawning, you were like, oh, weird But voice. he has a weird face and gets shot is literally what my note says. I thought you said voice. Okay, well, I meant face. It's fine. Um, God dang, I'm so sleepy. I'm sorry. I had a long day at the gym. Ugh, it was very difficult today. Um, anyway, a nearby asteroid uh, is there, but, like, it's not supposed to be alive. That's weird. And then the doctor's crew gets into the bridge and everyone's notified about it and everybody's dead in here. Back to the weird people dragging bodies away. Also, they hate humans. There's a bald warmonger and a bald peacemonger, bro, who are arguing about shit and it's literally Montague Capulet bullshit. And the slug is back and they control the room now and attacks the radio dude. And back... At the door, they're like, oh, God, someone got in while well, a creepy turtleneck dude is smug and watches the dead controller uh, die, basically, and t steals all the log tape. And then the doctor has arrived in the Ford control room, followed by two gun boys. Gah. Turtleneck comes in and goes, look, dead plague body, let's shoot 
him, there's there's no treatment for it. And the doctor's like, this isn't a plague, so we could be your new medical team. So they take him to another- Oh, come on. You gotta, <clears throat> you gotta include the line that he says. Because Kelman's like, uh, look, this guy's dead. I think you should kill these three new people as well. And then the doctor just goes, who's the homicidal maniac? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they go into another room and they're like, it's not a plague because of all this stuff I just found out. And Earth decided apparently to isolate Nerva, so everyone's fucked. Turtleneck renamed the asteroid nearby Voga. And the doctor's like, oh, the gold planet. I remember that. And it's Cyberman stuff. So let's go get our guns and run off while Turtleneck plugs in his typewriter. The typewriter sends a message out to the Cyberman penis ship. And the doctor goes to steep around Turtleneck's room after he leaves, finds some gold. And Turtleneck thinks he found the doctor hiding in his room and electrocutes the floor. Because that'll work. And then the guy from earlier is dead now. So they put him his body somewhere. And then the doctor is playing the floor's lava, and a metal slug is attacking Sarah, and the doctor can't get out of the room, and Sarah is being attacked, and everything sucks. And that's it. Wow, okay. Um. <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Revenge of the Cybermen, eh? So, uh... <laughs> Uh, this, there's a lot to talk about, but I, I'll talk about it more between other parts of this. Uh, for now, I'll just say, uh, initially this episode was titled The Return of the Cybermen, uh, and the writer, Jerry Davis, who was co-creator of the Cybermen, wrote it, uh, and he gave them individual titles for episodes again, even though it hasn't happened since the late 60s, um... And the individual titles were The Beacon in Space, The Plague Carriers, The Gold Miners, and The Battle for Nerva. Um, uh, a number of sets for this story were reused from the Ark in Space, which was recorded immediately before it, because the production schedule, again, they basically recorded all the episodes at once, when they could, like, back-to-back, -back, uh, mm -hmm. and figured out a better production schedule for it. Instead of just recording one episode, then recording the next episode the next week, and recording the episode after that, the week after that, that, that sort of thing. Um, this is the first time that the Cybermen are in colour. And it's also, fun fact, uh, the first Cybermen story to not have the second Doctor in it. Because uh, every single Cybermen story before this has had the se second Doctor in this in some capacity. Like, even the Tenth Planet. It had him in it at the very end. Um, which I didn't realise until just now. It's like, huh, yeah, they are all, yeah. Um... Uh, long story short, the costumes in this were meant to be the costumes from the invasion, but the only two of those had survived, and they uh, were deteriorating and looked awful. So they had to re basically make new ones, um, <clears throat> and it uh, um, didn't... It doesn't look that great. Um, because as... I mean, especially in Blu-ray quality, it, it has a camp quality to it. Mm. Of just it it looks so bad, but the Cybermen here especially kind of lose focus of what the Cybermen are. This is this is the 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 kind of I like to call this episode kind of like a black sheep of of Cybermen episodes because it's not utilizing the Cybermen properly as a uh, essentially a a 
tale of possible human evolution of of uh, greed with immortality and sort of a fear of medical advancement that sort of thing uh versus, uh, versus uh but it's not um it's not over the top enough or like completely missing the mark enough to be like the 80s cybermen uh episodes which are like the cybermen are emoting they have like uh glee they're they're gloating it's like pure over the top like camp in a almost uh unintentionally in a lot of ways um so this one's kind of just like they they misuse the cybermen here and from here on out they basically misuse them and they do kind of in the new series as well a bit uh that the cybermen become just a rubbish monster they're just robots they're not like they're just a muscle like the real threat in this episode isn't the the cybermen of any sort of moral threat it's just a physical threat uh which uh has kind of been noted that um doctor who at this time especially didn't need and doesn't work with just like invasion style stories like what the series needed and what people were kind of demanding were villains and monsters that made sense and sort of had motives that you could realize like why are, why are the Cybermen invading? Because they're evil. Like, it's like, that doesn't cut it anymore. It's like, people actually want substance. They want, they don't want just, you know, consumable, discardable content. They want something that's actually kind of, kind of justifies itself and is in some way thought provoking. Um, the book that I have uh, kind of editorializes it a bit and sort of has a, has a moment of, uh, describing that they feel the author uh, feels that um, this episode could have been one of the great episodes that uh, um, Jerry Davis, uh, Robert Holmes, and Philip Hinchcliffe were looking for because, uh, especially for Robert Holmes and Philip Hinchcliffe, they had a a sort of uh, a, a sort of theme underlying all a lot of their episodes, especially in this early era of, like, a, a gap of power between, like, symbolic death and real morality. Um, it's something that Philip Hinchcliffe and Holmes have always kind of alluded to since then, that they've always stressed with that. Like, stories begin with someone effectively being killed and end with that person physically dying. Um, uh, even an episode that's pretty ridiculous up, up uh, soon makes sense with this principle. Uh, the comeback threat that, that is in this is the Cybermen, but this is kind of like a sequel to an episode that we haven't seen. Like, we're told about a war that's happened and the Cybermen are back, but it's like, that we don't know this story, so we're sort of learning about it in happenstance. And the episode introduces a concept of the Cyber War, um, which is something that uh, nearly every episode from here on out, even in the new series, actually talks about, um, which I find kind of fascinating. Um, it's basically just a war between Cybermen and hum and humanity. Uh, also, the Cyber Wars can technically uh be an umbrella term for a hype of other wars involving. It's a long story. Um, yeah, that's not that interesting because I know Dia's going to tell me to shut up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, so, 
I'll talk a little bit more about it what it, this episode was initially, but I'll leave you on the fact that like uh the Cybermen in this were like basically they've we've never seen Cybermen in their prime up like up to this point, and even then, they've always been scavengers or like after a war where they've been like cut back or like they're on the brink of death, that sort of thing. We never really see them in their prime. Uh, and they could have made like a, this episode work as like a, a, a good like possession style story, like really playing up the elements of a Cyberman is a man, a man, a person, a human trapped in this cybernetic robot casing that has been harvested to become a, a new creature that is hell-bent on harvesting other humans. Um, that is an absolute great horror story that they could have gone with, but they just didn't for some reason. Um, and they went with what this is. And long story short, everyone behind the scenes considers this episode a mess. Philip Hinchcliffe hates it because he felt the production was awful, the Cybermen looked awful, and the the story just fell apart because it was rewritten constantly. Uh, fans used to think this was a great episode, and then it kind of, uh, over time, people realized, eh, it's actually kind of crap. <laughs> uh, I still love it for nostalgia reasons, but, I mean, I love it, but it's bad. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, what happens in part two, dear? I've talked for way too long. Sarah's dead. They gotta get her to the transmount system in order for her to survive. And it, there's now anti-plague proof, basically. They can prove it's not a plague. <clears throat> but the transmat was sabotaged, so everyone's like, it's Turtleneck who has a fucking gun now. And Doctor's like, maybe I can fix it. Well, the gunmen go talk to Turtleneck. Well, the gold bald men on the asteroid have a rocket that ends still want to go to war. And they have like four hours to finish the rocket. Too bad Turtleneck isn't in his room. So gunboys split up. The doctor blinds himself for a moment, but sends Hera and Sari down. Sarah, Hera, Sari, Harry and Sarah Sahara. down to the planet. And she's good now. But Harry is on the planet and finds a lot of gold. And he's like, ooh. And then all the bold men show up in boats and they're like, we're going to fucking take you. And then Turtleneck is down at gunpoint, and there's a standoff, but he gets jumped and caught. Uh, Hera, Harry, goddamn, Harry and Sarah get put on a Willy Wonka ride uh, to the gold place. The Cybermen apparently hate gold because it fucks them up. And the doctor is like, can you please talk? And he's like, no. And then the giant cyber penis ship is here. Harry and Sarah are confronted by the bold goldmen. They apparently planned the plague and only four humans were supposed to be still alive but then an even older bald man calls in and goes hey come to the city please i'd like to go on a date and the dude's like fine back on nerva another metal slug has come up and is gonna bite turtleneck the older bald man is like no human should come here it's your fault they did and the old man's militia is gonna go down to the mines and bald war man is upset about it there's now some guns going off, fighting gunfire. The doctor fixes the teleporter, but his friends didn't come back. And there's another ship flying in. That's weird. Sarah and Harry get free of their shackles, fuck off, before, and then someone notices, and they get shot at a lot, and they run away faster. Cut to the doctor, seeing the penis ship, 
and it just keeps coming towards them to try to dock. Uh, too bad Sarah and Harry ran into the cave that has the other bald guys in it, which kind of saved them because now it's a standoff. And the one bald guy is wanting to go talk to Harry and Sarah. And then the ship is almost here. And the doctor's like, no, they can't board us. And he tries to close the door and it doesn't really work. And it's the Cybermen. And they come in and they kill everybody and also the doctor. And that's it. Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Yep. So. <sighs> Voga. Um, Voga was a cave system, a uh, called the Wookie Hole Caves. Uh, partially, basically, that's where Voga was. Uh, a location renowned for bad luck. Uh, when scouting the ancient cave system for its suitability for location suits, uh, the director's wife found some Iron Age arrowheads and decided to take them home unwittingly calling an ancient curse on the production team. Uh, that's how they always kind of joked about it. Um, first, the team encountered a strange individual in uh, potholing gear uh, who had apparently just wandered into set, um, of whom no one working on the show fucking... Like, like, no one had any idea who they were. Like, they were filming and then they there was just some guy, like, exploring a cave and it's like hello we're mm -hmm. filming here like we have this like kind of cut off for the day like what are you doing um the director began to believe this was the ghost of an irish potholer who had died in the cave three uh, years earlier um they they lost their minds a little bit uh the boats used in the cave scenes repeatedly broke down uh one production team member had to be replaced due to an attack of claustrophobia uh, and another was taken ill. Uh, on a day when staff disobeyed instructions not to touch the, quote, witch formation, uh, like, the, the, uh, like a, a formation of rocks that's, like, said to be a mm -hmm. petrified body of a witch, essentially. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Sladen, who plays Sarah Jane, uh, nearly fucking died. Her boat went haywire. She had to dive overboard to keep herself from smashing into the ca cavern wall, where a stuntman had to pull her out to save her from drowning, and he later fell ill. Um, so yeah, she nearly fucking died. Uh, an electrician broke his leg when a ladder collapsed underneath him, and a pyrotechnician found nothing would light or work correctly. Uh, the director took the arrowheads from his wife and reburied them, after which production ran smoothly. <laughs> supposedly um yeah this was uh, a kind of a nightmare production in a sense in in that way uh yeah they the director later put it down to a uh, lack of oxygen in the caves as why they kind of lost their minds a little bit um it's kind of ridiculous uh but yes it's kind of dumb so here's another dumb little thing the the the, the hairbrush that Kellen yeah has it was a literal prop that was in Live and Let Die the Bond movie uh the prop was actually handed over by Roger Moore uh who visited the BBC in 1973 uh he told 
he, he was talking to the props master at the time and was saying uh, the props master didn't even recognize him uh, and he had paid him two shillings and sixpence, which is like 12 and a half pence in decimal, apparently. But like basically fucking nothing uh, for the item. Well, a, a little bit of something. Uh, and Roger Moore went on saying, like, I'd popped into the Beeb uh, for a cup of tea and spotted a notice about an upcoming Doctor Who, so I thought the darlings would be cash-strapped. They'd need anything they could get their hands on. Uh, it wasn't MGM after all, uh, but I didn't expect to walk out with money. Um, yeah, the, again, Doctor Who never really had much of a budget because the BBC didn't really want to give it to them. And they had a, they did what they could with this, but... Cracks start appearing in a few years about the budget, especially when Star Trek The Next Generation comes out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this is such a weird episode when you really think about it. Um, yeah, mm. Philip Hinchcliffe hated the production. He felt it was more like the old ways of doing things, like back in the Third Doctor's era. He didn't like the Vogans, he didn't like the mask, he didn't like the way the actors that played Vogans were, like, playing them with, like, Shakespearean projected shouting. Uh, he was also really unhappy with the incidental music, uh, so he actually got someone to do, like, basically zhuzh it up, um, and even then he was still not that happy. Uh, after this, Dudley Simpson would be the only composer employed on the show ex- except for a few episodes, because the director on those episodes refused to work with him. Um, (laughs) Lord knows why. There's a lot of drama between people, apparently. Um, But yeah, what happens in the next episode, dude? Well, actually, they aren't dead. Turtleneck is also free, and digs through his pockets a little bit. Uh, Harry and Sarah are brought up, asked to explain everything. Turtleneck has been working with them, the, the, the bald dudes for a while and they wanted to destroy the whatever's have wanted to destroy voga by the way that gunfight is still going on uh by a message but a message comes down and the cybermen have brought in some bobs and turtleneck goes down and to voga and is like hey what the fuck harry and sarah are also to go down to the mines and deal with some shit the doctor is pissing off some cybermen nearby and it wants to choke him out but then the doctor grabs a bomb so he can get some information. And then another Cyberman comes up from behind and basically fucks over his entire plan. Uh, the bombs were uh, banned by Space Geneva, and but it's fine. And the humans are given time to run away. And so the Cybermen move everyone and the bombs to Voga and shoot some bald dudes. And Turtleneck is trying to tell everyone that there's a trap. And then someone drives up and says it's a trap. And they're like, oh, God. And the doctor still has no plan, really. For his bomb backpack, Sarah and Harry, Harry decide to split up. War bald dude calls everyone off, tells everyone there's Cybermen here. But if Sarah tells people about the rocket, the bombs will probably just get set off anyway. So we see Sarah taking a boat, driving off to go stand at the teleporter and back to the ship. And the bald boys basically go, Turtleneck is a piece of shit. Harry is like, stop this shit. We actually need to work together. What the fuck? And the doctor is going deeper into the mine, hoping that the gold will fuck with the Cybermen's radars. 
Harry and Turtleneck have been blocked up in a tunnel. There's some climbing and some caves. And then there's a cave-in on top of the doctor. Turtleneck and the doctor are dead. Haha. And Harry's like, oh, wait, actually, he only bumped his brain. So let's take this weird backpack thing off. Woohoo. There you go. So, uh, just to amend the story about the electrician that broke his leg, because, uh, you know, <laughs> I just, I, I love the story. Uh, what happened was the electricians reportedly dressed up the witch rock uh, with a cape, a pointy hat, and a broom, and then one and a half hours later, one of them slipped on a rock and broke his leg. Mm. So I was like, hmm, curses. Ooh. Uh, anyway, so the symbol that's hanging on the Vogan audience chamber and on their costumes, the little, like, swirly eight thing, uh, that would be reused in a later episode and then is more recognizably known as the Seal of Rassilon, which is a kind it's it's meant to be like a an ancient sort of uh seal a symbol of Gallifreyan society in a sense um so it's like why is it on this asteroid of gold um <laughs> there have been like people making like stories to try and fill that gap of like oh um the vogans were assisted by the Time Lords or something back in the day, and so as as like tribute, they they use the symbol everywhere, and it's carried throughout the society. It's dumb. Um, but what's more interesting about this story is that, uh, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one, uh, Big Finish Productions, the company that does audio adventures of Doctor Who and various other properties. Uh, resurfaced the original script by Jerry Davis for this episode, uh, Return of the Cybermen, and did an adaptation of it. Um, they called it Return of the Cybermen, and there are a lot of differences between it and Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, the most significant one is that Vogans are not in it. The Vogans and the whole Civil War dumb subplot in Revenge is gone. It's not there at all. Uh, Voga is just a gold-rich asteroid, and what are Vogans are just, like, a tribe of colonists who inhabit the asteroid. Uh, like, that's all it is. Um, the tribe also plays a far smaller role than the Vogans do. Most of the action takes place on Nerva Beacon. Um, it's... There's no reference to any sort of cyber wars. There's more just an illusion that the Cybermen have been dead. Uh, Kelman is more selfish and dies by the hands of, I believe, Cybermen, instead of Harry accidentally killing him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I still find hilarious that Harry kills him. Also, I my memory is terrible today. I can't remember if you... Oh no, it's it's in the beginning of the next episode where the Doctor says it. If you don't say it, I will. Um, I won't. Okay, I will then. Uh, <laughs> uh, they initially had the Cybermat infection uh be uh black in their veins, similar to the way that the Cybermat infection was in the Moonbase, in the Cybermen one. Remember that Cybermen episode where they had uh 
a, an infection on the moon base, and then the Cybermen jumped in the air on the moon, and it looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I know. Great. Uh, in in Revenge of the Cybermen, Sarah is the only female character, um, which is a problem with a lot of writers of Doctor Who. They tend to not write any female characters, like uh, um, Terry Nation has a tends to not write women in his stories a lot. Uh but in the in Return of the Cybermen, they have uh two more characters uh who are more involved with the plot as well. Uh it's such a weird original script because it was originally like okay, uh Jerry Davis was in America at the time and he wrote it like Instead of Nerva Beacon, it was meant to be, like, a space casino that was deserted, and it's, like, so weird. Uh, the Big Finish adaptation kind of cleans it up a bit and makes it the the sort of actual fitting one that makes sense. Um, but they also tried to make it make sense with uh, continuity as well, because, you know, hey, let's have fun with that, in a way that they could have it actually fit with Revenge of the Cybermen as well, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, they kind of rejected that, in a sense. Um, but... Uh, that's... That's the way the episode goes. Mm -hmm. uh, as... As... <laughs> as it is. Um, what was I about to say? I'm trying to say something, but my mind is racing. Uh, here, I'll tell you the fact that um, in the... Part three of this is uh, technically the 400th episode of Doctor Who, mm -hmm. if you count in each individual part as its own episode. Oh, also, joy. between episodes one and two, William Hartnell unfortunately passed away, which is a kind of an, an odd thing in and of itself, in like it's a, there's, there's kind of a, a, a quaintness to it in a way, of... Um, his final episode was with Cybermen, and then when the Cybermen finally return is, like, while the Cybermen are airing once again is when he unfortunately passes away. Um, it's got an earnest of, huh, okay, that's a weird coincidence. Um, but, yes, Philip Hinchcliffe fucking hated the Cybermen design. It, it shouldn't have been what it was. Everyone kind of went okay, well, now we're in colour, what should they be? And they kind of just kept them silver, as if, you know. Not to say they needed colour, but, like, if you're going to keep them silver, you have to you have to cover up the fact that they're just in a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, they attempt to do sometimes, but in some variations of the design, but these ones, not so much. Um, but, that is the unfortunate fact that is uh, Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, speaking of Big Finish adapting the original script, they actually have just recently announced in the last month or so, um, last, yeah, about 10 days ago at time of recording, not dating this at all, uh, that they are doing adaptations of the original script for the arc, uh, for the, the arc in space. If you remember when we did that one, we talked about the fact that... Um, the original script was completely different. 
Uh, and also an adaptation of Terry Nation's first draft of uh, Genesis of the Daleks, which was also a, a very, not very different, but a, a different uh, story in and of itself, um, which I find kind of fascinating that they're able to find and resurface these scripts uh, and polish them up and make them quality. Uh, but anyway, what happens in the next part? Yeah. Uh, you mean the last one? So well, next, last, they are the same. So the the one of the bomb dudes comes up and he's like, "Dude, stop!" And the doctor's like, "Harry, you're an idiot. Would you like to?" Yeah, he he. The doctor basically wakes up and goes, "Harry, stop!" And then he uh, Harry's like, "What?" And then the doctor just sort of looks up and goes. Harry Sullivan is an imbecile! And then passes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah's yeah. meanwhile... We're in full Harry-hating mode now. ...on the ship spying around. Harry informs the Doctor about all of this. The Doctor makes a plan to split the radar and attack the Cybermen with gold. Bald men are still arguing, but now the Cybermen are winning and everyone's angry. Doctor and Harry are attacked the Cybermen and it's a tussle, but they aren't winning, so one dude just comes in and blows himself up and they win. So instead... Uh, let's just blow up the- wait, why did our bombs not work, say the Cybermen. Cut to the doctor making the bombs not work. Then Sarah mentions that there's a rocket, the Cybermen are like, lol, that sucks, it's not fired yet, so fuck them. Doctor wants 15 minutes to go up and save Sarah with some gold dust, they're like, okay. Cybermen are still thinking about how to kill the asteroid and decide to run into it. The doctor is beaming back up. Sarah and the doctor whistle at each other for a bit, and the doctor is ready to do some shit. The bombs are being loaded, and the bald men are like, "We should have listened. Uh, shouldn't have listened to the doctor." So, and then we see the doctor filling a metal slug with gold. The arcs engine starts, so they use the slug to attack a Cyberman and kill it. Of course, the bald men have a fight about pushing the button too soon, and in dying, the rocket goes off. The slug is attacking more and more, and the doctor and Sarah get captured again. So the Cybermen leave the Doctor and Sarah. They're like, ooh, we're really dead, aren't we? And then the Doctor gets free and calls down to Voga and asks them to just, like, send the rocket over the top of them. And they're like, cool. And then it just runs into the Cybermen ship. But then the controls are locked and everyone's just going to die. Actually, no, we fixed it and we're going to just miss by a hair. And then the TARDIS shows up. Uh, Harry teleports back in. And then everybody jumps into a TARDIS and they're like, the, the, the Brigadier needs me. So they swoop out. That's it. So, mm-hmm. That's the end of season 12. It's over. We're yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What'd you think, though? Like a 3.5. I'm like teetering on so the fact usual, that I really round up to a four. don't like it. Well, no, there's legitimately a reason because, like, I'm teetering on the fact that, like, I would never watch this again, or if it was just whatever. Like, I really don't know, honestly. It there are parts of me that are like, this is so fucking stupid, and there's so much going on, and it's just impossible, and I dislike so many parts of it. But then the other parts of me are like, it's whatever. Like, I don't care. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. Oh, well. 
Next episode, season 13 begins. Mm-hmm. And where do you think we start with season 13, dear? Uh, I don't know. Take a wild stab in the dark. Is it Nerva? No, we never come back to Nerva. Mm-hmm. We're going to Scotland. Oh, good. Terror of the Zygons. It begins. Uh, we have a very, 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 very fun episode uh, with a monster that is hilarious. Um, I'm not going to show you them, dear, and don't you dare look it up. Okay. <laughs> we return to Unit and Earth itself in Terror of the Zygons next time. Uh, anything else you want to say, dear? Uh, nah, I'm good, I'm tired. Good night. Nah.